Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Love Talk Radio. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence by the military-industrial complex. Are the Bible's prophecies today's reality? This could be the sign that signals the return of Christ. World leaders are working behind the curtain. The very word secrecy is repugnant in a free and open society. Secret societies, secret oaths. Now, get ready for an hour of truth that will make you think. We'll examine Bible prophecy and see how close we are to the return of Jesus Christ for His church. You're in the zone. Politics, Israel, the Middle East, the revised European superstate, and more. All in the zone. This is the Prophecy Zone with your host, Phil Armstrong. Christianity uh, and the foundation of the country together with 
territory of you, but let's go ahead and talk about the mystical, um, uh, you know, as far as like the mysticism in Washington, D.C., the Freemasons, all this other stuff that jives today's current political climate. Because, for instance, the uh, shattering of the Constitution, um, the Patriot Act, which they're still pushing. Uh, as if we got uh, artificial boogeymen walking around uh, trying to harm us on every corner. Um, and, uh, and also at Walmart, they have uh, the Ms. Politano saying that uh, if you see something suspicious, report it. Uh, well, evidently, our freedoms are dissolving every day. But let's tie all this together with history and, and what, what, you, what, what do you think about the current situation that we're in? Well, I'd be happy to do so. Let me go back a little bit about me and my past. I, I started studying this stuff in 1962, and I've been on on it ever since, uh, all of my adult life. And I'm absolutely 100% convinced that there is a conspiracy at work in this world, uh, that it's uh, 6,000 years old. It's nothing more than a continuation of something that goes back 6,000 years. Uh, and our government is well aware that this thing is real. In fact, they're part of the process. And that's what the problem is. And I've since discovered that the the uh, secret behind this whole thing is that there that America was commissioned to be part of this thing uh, back around the time of the uh, founding of this nation back in 1776. And we can talk about that if you'd like. It might be a good place to start and then uh, take it from there. Would that be okay? You want to do yes, that sir. first? That'd be great. Well, let me let me do it. Let me do it indirectly. Uh, Barack Obama was not born in the United States. He was not born in the United States. Therefore, he's not a president. He can't be president. So, therefore, I didn't listen to the uh, State of the Union address because our president did not address us. Barack Obama is constitutionally, uh, 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 what's the word, uh, ineligible. He cannot be because the Constitution demands that he be born, natural born which means born in the United States, uh, and he was not. Now, let's let's examine that because the uh, there's been 17 uh, lawsuits filed uh, on the Supreme Court to ask them to clarify this uh, question because Barack Obama has not presented a birth certificate, which would be the only legal way that he could say that he was born in the United States. He doesn't have one of those. He has one that he was born in Kenya, Kenya, part of Africa, and that statement's true. So now, let's go with that. Why is the Supreme Court not going to answer his uh, the questions of uh, Philip Berg and about 16 others? And the answer is because the Constitution doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. It's been overturned by the Supreme Court in 1938 in a case called Erie Railroad versus Tompkins. Anyone can find the Supreme Court decision in 1938 by just going to a law library, get these Supreme Court decisions out from 1938, and you'll see that it has been overturned. Therefore, the constitutional requirement that Barack Obama be born in the United States does not uh, apply. In other words, we could elect a three-year-old from Algeria if we wanted to. There is no constitution anymore. So let me try to prove that to you. I want to go to the uh, – we're going to make this as brief as I can because this is really – this is all covered in a video that I've got on the Internet you can watch for free called America's Secret Destiny. 
And when you go there, you'll find this in far more detail than what we're going to cover tonight. But let's go back to 1776, and we'll talk about this because the Constitution is null and void, and I'm going to try to prove that to you right now. Let's go to the second paragraph. I'll make this brief if I can. Down at the bottom of the Declaration of Independence, issued July 4, 1776. The history of the present king of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations. And the word usurpations is defined as uh, taking away the uh, God-given rights of the uh, citizens. All having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. Now, what does that mean? Tyranny is defined as total power in the hands of the government. Total, unlimited power. So mm -hmm. King George was guilty of creating tyranny, absolute power, grabbing absolute power in the United States. Now, then the next sentence reads, to prove this, let the facts be submitted to a candid world. So the Founding Fathers are now going to document how he was creating a tyrannical government in the United States. Now, notice this. They're going to accuse the government of this, which means King George and his parliament. They were, they were grabbing total power, and we're now going to prove that. So the King George was guilty of, and then the third, the 22nd of these listings of these uh, objections of theirs reads as follows. He was guilty of suspending our own legislatures and declaring themselves invested with power to legislate for us in all cases whatsoever. To legislate in all cases whatsoever. The power to do that. And what does that mean? That means there's no Constitution, no Bill of Rights, no Magna Carta, no concept of God-given unalienable rights. Whatever the king wants, he gets. Hmm. Power to legislate in all cases whatsoever. Those are the exact words of the Declaration of Independence. Now, 11 years later, in 1787, our founding fathers wrote the Constitution. And they created three branches of government, saying, boy, we're going to separate the power and not let anyone take too much of it. But let's look at what they did. Let's now go to Article 1, which creates the legislative branch of the government. There's two more, the executive and the judicial, of course. So now we're going to see uh, what they did. It says, all legislative power, powers, all legislative powers herein granted, and then they go on to uh, Section 8, and Section 8 lists those granted powers. The Congress shall have power, too. And there's only 18 of them. Only 18. Wait a minute. They're limited to only 18 powers? Yes, and I'll prove that in a minute as well. Now, when you read, I mean, they read very briefly, like the Congress shall have power to uh, lay and collect taxes, borrow money, regulate commerce, uh, establish a, a naturalization, coin money, uh, punish counterfeiters, create uh, post offices, uh, create uh, tribunals, meaning courts, declare war, raise an army, and so on and so on. And then we go down to the 17th one, and let's read that one very carefully. The Congress shall have power to exercise exclusive legislation in all cases whatsoever. Now, where have we heard those words before? <laughs> in the Declaration of Independence. King George was granting himself the power to legislate in all cases whatsoever. That means that he was creating tyrannical power. Our founding fathers noted that in 1776 and said it was absolute tyrannical power. And now Congress is giving that same power to Congress. Why? Why? Mm -hmm. 
Congress has unlimited powers. Now, let's just examine that for a few minutes. If we're talking about granted powers, the power to raise an army and declare war, etc., and they have to be spelled out, where is the spelled out power for the founding fathers to allow Congress to fund stem cell research? Now, I don't even know what that is, but I can assure you our founding fathers did not know what it was. How could they have listed that delegated power? How, how could they do that? How could they delegate the power to go to the moon? How, how would they have even conceived of that in 1787? How? Yeah, right. And so in other words, but no, Congress knows they've got the unlimited power of Article One, Section 8, Clause 17, the power to legislate in all cases whatsoever. Mm-hmm. You understand? Our founding fathers gave Congress total, tyrannical, despotic power, unlimited Whatever the Congress wants to do, they can do. And that's what they're doing. They know that. But we dummies don't know that. Let me tell you how we know that. Let's keep going. Let's go to the Tenth Amendment. Let's read that one. And that will help us understand that they did try to limit it. Tenth Amendment reads, I'm sorry, I'm flipping little pages in my little copy of the Constitution here. Yes. Tenth Amendment. The powers not delegated to the United States by the Constitution are reserved to the states or the people. Wait, wait. All powers not delegated. In other words, you've only got certain delegated powers and if it's not delegated, the people have the right or the state governments have the right. So if anyone wants to go to the moon, you've got to convince the people of Arizona where I live to go. And the people say, no, we're not going to go if we don't go. In other words, they know they've got the power, but yeah. we don't know. This is the secret power of the of the government. I was on a, a History Channel a documentary, or oh, I guess a couple of years ago now, called The Secrets of the Founding Fathers. And I tried to cover this, but they wouldn't let me say it. I wonder why. Hmm. In fact, I did say it. They taped it. Uh, I... I with their understanding, I was going to say it. They knew I was going to say it, and then they didn't put it in their documentary. I wonder why. Someone said, don't don't reveal too much here about the secrets of the Founding Fathers, but that's the number one secret. Now, let's finish this. Let me now go to the, uh, go to the uh, 13th Amendment. This was passed after the Civil War, 1866 or 7. Let me get that as well. I'll get the exact date. 18... Uh, passed in 1865, at the end of the Civil War. It says, Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist in the United States. Now, what does that mean? Slavery is defined as forcing someone to do something without their permission. That's what slavery was all the time during up to the Civil War, in fact, when uh, Lincoln abolished it by the Emancipation Proclamation. He said, slavery shall no longer exist, meaning you can't force someone to do something they don't want to do. What's involuntary servitude? Forcing someone to sign a contract to do something they don't want to do. So we're abolishing that forever, okay? But notice this. Voluntary servitude is permitted. It's not excluded. So if you want to volunteer to be a slave anytime you want to do that, you're free to do so. They can't force you, but you can volunteer. Okay, I don't think I want to volunteer. Well, I'm going to show you how we have all volunteered. 
Now let's go to the uh, 14th Amendment, passed in 1868, just a couple years later. All persons born or naturalized in the United States are citizens of the United States and of the state wherein they reside. Now what does that mean? All persons born or naturalized in the United States, by the way, uh, the, the uh, Article 1, Section 8, Clause 17 says they only have the power to legislate in all cases in the United States. And let's cover that first. I meant to do that. I didn't do it. The United States is only Washington, D.C., hmm. 10 miles square, 10 by 10 by 10 by 10. So that's the only place the United States is. That's the only place they exist. We live in the United States of America. America. In fact, in the Declaration, they, they, they didn't capitalize the U in United, but they did in the S in States. So they were saying there's a nation called America, and the states are getting together and are united, uh, the 13 of them. And when you talk about certain specific states like the 13, you capitalize the S. So we're really America. That's all. We're just called America. And the United States of America got together to form the Union. But they gave, they created a separate government in Washington, D.C. It's called the government of the United States. Now, wait a minute. How does that affect me? Listen to me, America. It says all persons born or naturalized in the United States. Now, what does that mean? Well, there's only two ways to become a citizen of the United States, according to the 14th Amendment. By the way, the, the term citizen of the United States was not used until the uh, 18th Amendment. There's no record of anyone ever be calling themselves a citizen of the United States. Not that I can find, anyway. So how do you become a citizen of the United States? Well, you have to do it two ways. Either you're born there in Washington, D.C., or you're naturalized in Washington, D.C. Now, what does it mean to be naturalized? Let's use the, probably the best-known example of uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Schwarzenegger was born in Austria, and I guess someplace along the line, he says, I want to go to America and become uh, the Terminator. So he says, okay, let's do that. So he goes through a process. I think it takes, he has to file papers, and they have to approve it, and he's got to have a job and a guarantee and certain requirements. That's all naturalized. It's called naturalization. And then at the end of five years, if he's done everything right, he didn't mess up and go to jail or slam somebody, then he gets to become a citizen of the United States. And he said, you might see this every year. They have a picture of a bunch of people waving the flag, and they've all become citizens, taken an oath to obey the Constitution of the United States, etc. So Schwarzenegger did that. Now, Schwarzenegger could not be forced to be a citizen. He volunteered. So I said he volunteered to become a slave of the United States because the United States has total power. Mm. So you could either be born in Washington, D.C. to become a citizen of the government of, the, of Washington, D.C., or you could become naturalized and become a citizen of the United States. Mm. Now, how did you and I become a citizen? Well, we did. We did. Oh, yeah, let's see now. We had to get a Social Security card from the United States, didn't we? No, there is no law. There's no law. There is no law. They don't have the power over a citizen of the state of Arizona. They can't force me because that's involuntary servitude. But voluntary servitude is permitted. So what they did is that you 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 have a you got to get a card. Well, I how well I guess I could be can't get a job without one. That's wrong, because the government knows there is no law. 
Now, in my video, my DVD called America's Secret Destiny on the Internet, you can watch it for free. I give you two letters that are real from the Social Security Administration admitting it's voluntary. Now, wait a minute. If it's voluntary, why do we have to get it? Well, that's your problem, not ours. We didn't we didn't say it was mandatory. It's not. The letters admit, both letters admit it's voluntary. So there's no law. By the way, there's also no law requiring any citizen of the state of uh, Arizona or any other state to pay federal income taxes. There's no law. Now, if you'd like to make $100,000, please get in touch with me, and I'll tell you where you could do it. All you've got to do is find the law. That's easy. Go to a law library or call the IRS and ask them, what law requires me to pay income taxes? And they'll, they'll, they'll hem and haw and they won't answer it. But the answer is there is no law. Yeah. Because we have volunteered. Yeah, that's once true. You, once you volunteer, you're asked to keep volunteering. Yeah. So when you stop paying and you've net, you've paid in the past but stopped paying, then they get you for failure to file. You pay, you start, you agreed that you have to pay the taxes. Now keep paying them. There is no law. Oh yes, there is. It's called color of law. That's when the Congress can enforce a law that doesn't exist. It sounds like a law, people think there's a law, it looks like a law, it's enforced like a law, but it doesn't exist. It's called color, colorable law, color law of law, which means we think it's real, therefore it's real. Huh? <laughs> Notice, how did we volunteer? When we walked in to get the socialist, that's what it's called, the socialist security card, we voluntarily sub- submitted to the jurisdiction of the government, and when we did, we became a naturalized citizen of the United States, and that government has total power. In other words, the Founding Fathers set it up so we would do this, and we've all done it because we think we have to. You don't have to. Now, once you get it, it's too late. Now, when I was in business, uh, University of Arizona, in the business uh, department there, I took a class called business law, and I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm a lawyer. It just means that we took a little bit of understanding of, about the law of contract. Now, there's only two ways out of the system. Yeah. One is you've got to prove force or fraud. So we got to say, wait a minute, I didn't have to do this, and you forced me to do this, or you tricked me. And I would say the chance of getting that uh, agreed to in a court of law in the United States is not very, very good. And as far as I know, no one ever has. So you can't prove force fraud. The only other way to do it is to get them to agree. Now, let's just say that you go to Social Security and say, listen, I found out there's no law. I don't want to pay anymore, and uh, please let me out, because you have to agree that I'm right. And I don't think they're going to do that, because if one person can get out, then all of us can get out. You see? Wow, yeah. In other words, we voluntarily became... A naturalized citizen, just like Schwarzenegger. We're wow. a citizen of the government of the United States. Now, let's talk about how the Constitution was abolished, eliminated. So now it doesn't matter at all, as long as you're signed up. As long as you keep getting those, you know, your children get the Social Security card and the numbers, uh, you're, you're part of the, the citizen of the United States. But it doesn't matter, because something happened in 1938. Now, I want to bring to your attention, Phil, Forgive me if I've already talked about this, but even if I have, for even those who have heard it before, please get familiar with this story and use it yourself. 
We should all be talking about this. It's 1990. I re-met. I knew the man before, but he came to Tucson to speak to a club, and the man who ran the club was a friend of mine. And he said, come on over Friday night. We're going to speak. have him speak tomorrow morning, Saturday. So come on over tonight. He's going to sit around, and we'll just sit around the table and talk. I said, well, I'd love to do that. I want to pick his brain. So Howard Freeman, this man's name is, he's now gone, but he was alive in 1990. Yeah. And Howard Freeman came to Tucson and told us two quick stories. And I want you to know, by the way, I believe the man because I, I knew him before, and I've never found him in a lie. I don't think he's, it was possible for him to lie. But here's just two stories. I'll make them very brief. Number one, he was in a courtroom as an expert witness for a young man who stopped paying income tax, and they charged him with failure to file. So he was going to use Howard Freeman to so show the judge and the court and the jury that there was no requirement to pay the income taxes according to Supreme Court decisions. Hmm. So Freeman was asked by the young man, well, who are you, what do you know, and tell me what, why, and he listed about six or eight cases that say you don't have to pay income taxes. Hmm. Now, when Freeman got finished, he was stunned because they were going to put this in the court record. Anyone could use it then for it. And so he went back to the young man and said, you're going to win. The judge cannot ignore standing Supreme Court decisions. He's a federal judge. He took an oath to support the Constitution, which means he's got to support court cases. So now the judge is going to turn the jury free to go vote. Uh, how is it guilty or not guilty? So uh, he says to the, ju- the jury, okay, the case has now been com- completed. The jury, uh, it's your obligation to hear the evidence and decide whether the man was guilty of failure to file. But before you leave, I want to tell you one, say one thing. You are, com- you are to completely ignore the testimony of Howard Freeman, period. And the jury left. Now, Freeman said, wait a minute, he can't do that. Now, it's about as loud and angry as I thought Freeman would ever get. So Freeman walked around back quickly and caught the judge just as he was going into his office, apparently across the hall from the back of the courtroom. He came out of the courtroom, walked across the hall, unlocked the door, and Freeman caught him right there. Hey, Ralph. Yes. Uh, we coming at the bottom of the hour. We're going to take a quick breath. We'll be right back. Okay. Thank you. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson, inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture, an American Warning Radio, with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think one once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. Just have it forming. Just have it forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's anamericanwarning.com. Tonight we will talk about end-time prophecy and what God's say will happen in 
Bible lays out our future, and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible, and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. All right, we're back. We have to take a quick break there. Uh, uh, those who are listening on J- Justin TV, uh, watching on Justin TV, we have some technical difficulties. Um, you're gonna notice that I put on some scenes that uh, did not have any sound on it. Uh, I just found that out, um, so it's just a learning experience. But anyway, we also on UStream and um, live um, video uh, live stream. Excuse me. So we on three, so it's gonna mess up the quality. It's gonna bring the quality down somewhat. Uh, but um, as time goes on, we fix all this stuff, and the show's probably going to make a quantum leap uh, about 50 more times, praying to God, before uh, uh, the end of 2012, probably, the Lord wills, time tarries. But anyway, we, we're going to go back to uh, our guest, wonderful guest. We're um, uh, having a uh, great uh, interview. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm not even saying nothing. Some interviews, I don't say anything. I just let the person roll. Other uh, interviews, I interject. But uh, I think it's important for the individual who's interviewing to uh, get with the person who is uh, being interviewed and see what kind of style they they want to do. Uh, Ralph is a very articulate person. He's very uh, well-educated, so he knows exactly where he's going. So a lot of times people ask me, well, why are you not asking this question, that question? Because sometimes it's good that I just keep my mouth shut. And then other times, I, I last time I did it, somebody got too kind of mad at me. So, <laughs> so I learned, I'm learning my lessons. But anyway, uh, Ralph, let's get back to what you were talking about, brother. Well, Phil, please understand. I I, I know what you're saying. I uh, I used to do a talk show years ago uh, in Portland, yeah. Oregon, way back in the 70s, and so I know a little bit about the medium. But and I know yeah. that. But this is an important story. And here's my point. Anyone can go, if they didn't hear part of it because of technical problems, go to my website. I'll give you the address in a minute. Write it down. Go there. And then you can watch the four-hour DVD of which this is only a part, a small percentage of America's Secret Destiny. The website is www.ralph-epperson. E is in Edward. P.P. is in Peter E.R. SON.com, Ralph-Epperson.com, and just scroll down, find the video, and watch it yourself. Yes, no sir. cost, no obligation. I don't. I have no way of knowing when. If you do click on, I don't have any. Uh, I have a counter on there, but only to see how many people go there. But I have no way of knowing. So it's safe. You're, you won't get any trouble. 
Watch it yourself. Now, we're talking about the fact that America does have a secret destiny, and I'm revealing part of it tonight. Our founding fathers gave Congress total unlimited power. And I'm now explaining that in 1938, the Constitution was replaced, overturned, (laughs) destroyed by a decision of the Supreme Court. Let's finish with that, where we're going. So now, here's what the... uh, Mr. Freeman did. He caught the judge. The judge had told the jury not to to ignore everything the man said. So he said, wait a minute, Your Honor, you're a federal judge. Yes, I am, Mr. Freeman. He said, Your Honor, you took an oath to support and protect and defend the Constitution. Oh, yes, I did. But, Your Honor, that means you've got to abide by Supreme Court decisions. That's true. I do. I do. <laughs> so he said, well, but... But Mr. But you overturned. You said that they they can't be. Don't listen to them. And he said, Well, yes, I I did. But all of your decisions were prior to 1938. Now this might have been in the ni- 1980s. I don't know 90s. I don't know when it was. That's 40, 50 years later. So Freeman said, Wait a minute, Your Honor. What do you, what happened in 1938 to overturn standing Supreme Court decisions? And he said. I've told you too much. And he walked into his office, shut the door, and locked it, which means end of conversation. Now, the second part of the story is even more intriguing. Listen to this. Freeman then went on to tell us that he had a phone call from a retired state Supreme Court justice. Every state has a Supreme Court as well. So this guy was up to the very next level to the federal Supreme Court in the state of Montana where Freeman used to live. And the judge said, uh, Mr. Freeman, please come to my house. I want to talk to you. So Freeman went there, and I'm no doubt he was probably shaking because Freeman's a very mild-mannered little guy. So he went there shaking, and he said, I'm going to get Freeman. And the guy says, I know, Mr. Freeman. Please sit down. I want to talk to you. So they got past the entities, and he said, Mr. Freeman, I've been watching you for many years now and what you're saying and doing, and I want you to know that I appreciate what you are. You're right. But here's the point. You need to know what I know. Well, what do you know, Your Honor? So he said, I was once a federal judge, meaning he was appointed by the president and then confirmed by the Senate. All federal judges are appointed by the president of the United States, including the Supreme Court. Now, so he says to him, I want to tell you what happened. He was the federal judge and then appointed to the state Supreme Court in the Stone state of Montana. He said in 1938, there's that year, 1938, Franklin Roosevelt, President of the United States, elected in 32, became president in 33, called all of us federal judges together. And he said, I want to tell you, I'm going to make it very brief. He said, I want to tell you, judges, something very, very important. You might remember that I, in 1933, to end the Depression, I called in all of the gold certificates. Our money used to have a promise on the face saying, this is to certify that there is on deposit at a bank, or this bank, $10. If you got a $10 gold certificate, $10 in gold payable to the bearer on demand, period. That's it. You walk into the bank, say, I don't want this piece of paper anymore. I want $10 in gold. You give them the piece of paper, and you get your gold, and you walk out the door. 
Notice there's nothing in there in that contract between this, the bank and the government and you and I, nothing about, well, subject to the whim of the president or when the president doesn't want to do it anymore or when he decides or when Congress votes. It's payable on demand right now. No questions asked. Hmm. But he said, when when I did that, listen to this, the international bankers, Roosevelt said, who owned the national debt, declared this nation bankrupt because only bankrupt nations void their money by declaring the gold certificate as being void, no longer will be redeemed. And the the bankers owned a lot of gold certificates. So they declared the nation bankrupt in 30, and then Roosevelt went on to say, and they've told us that we will, as you as judges, will no longer adjudicate cases on the Constitution of the United States. Yes. They want you to adjudicate cases on the Uniform Commercial Code, the new law of this land, the UCC, Uniform Commercial Code. And he said, Roosevelt said, you are to take silent judicial notice of that fact. Now, that's a legal term. I'll give you the Epperson's, <laughs> Epperson's uh, definition. That means don't tell the dummies. <laughs> now, that means don't tell the American people the Constitution is null and void. They believe it's still valid. Wow. But they know because of the color of law. They, they, Congress can make us believe there's a law making us get a Social Security card, and there is none. They make us believe that there's a law requiring us to pay income tax, and there is none. If you can prove it, get the law, get in touch with me, and you'll make $100,000, no questions asked. I'm telling you, I know where you can do this. Find the law. That offer's been outstanding for probably 20 years, and no one's even applied. Why? Because there is no law. Now, what does this all mean? Our founding fathers committed this nation to something, and this is the fulfillment of it. Yeah, exactly. Now, there is no common law anymore. What's the common law? The common law is God's law. What does that mean? Well, God said to us, you're only held accountable if you injure somebody or their property. Hmm. Now, I want to give you a little little story about a friend of mine I've known for 20 years probably. He called me one day and said, oh, Ralph, i got to tell you a story. I said, go ahead. He said, I was just in Eloy, Arizona. Now, I don't think anyone, <laughs> there might be some people listening from Eloy, I don't know. But anyway, Eloy, Arizona is a small town north of Tucson, maybe a couple hundred, I don't know, a hundred miles away. I don't know quite exactly how far. But So he said, I, I, I was up there driving through and I made an illegal right-hand turn. And so as soon as I did, the, probably the only policeman in the city uh, turned me the red lights on, pulled me over and said, now you violated so-and-so, I'm making the illegal right-hand turn. So he said, well, I guess I did. So he said, sign the ticket. So he did. And he says, okay, now here's what you can do. You have three options. Since you're from Tucson, you're not from Eloy. So he said, number one, you can take the envelope that comes with this, uh, the uh, ticket a fine is, let's say, $50. Put the $50 in there, drop it in the mailbox on your way by, put a stamp on it, send it off, and then you've pled guilty and it's over. You go to Tucson, it's over. And then, Or secondly, you can take the envelope with you to Tucson and send $50 and pay the fine and then admit you're guilty and it's over. Or number three, you could see the judge. So my yeah. friend says, I want to see the judge. 
So the two of them went to the traffic court. And a little while later, I guess they were sitting there, a couple other people ahead of them. He, the judge says something like this. Uh, in the matter of the city of Eloy versus uh, uh, Mr. Uh, Bill Jones, my friend's Bill Jones. I don't. That's not his name, but just uh, Bill Jones. Are you here, uh, Mr. Jones? And my friend said, "Yes, I am, sir. I'm right back here." He said, "Well, how do you plead in this matter?" Now, here's what my young friend knew to do, and he did it. He says to the judge, uh, "Before I plead, Your Honor, may I ask what court? Let me ask a question. Freeman's taught all of us." that you always ask questions and you're polite, you don't get sarcastic or pompous, just ask a simple question. May I ask a question? And the judge will say yes, because you have the right to understand the nature of the charges and to also get a chance to talk to the, the injured party. So here's what he said. So he said, okay, yes, you may. He said, well, I need to know what type of court I'm in, Your Honor. See, once again, being very friendly, not being uh, angry or hostile, he said, well, you're in the traffic court of uh, Eloy, Arizona, a legally constituted uh, city of the state of Arizona. Okay, thank you very much, Your Honor. But I need to know one more question. He said, yes. Now, here's, I'm going to give the whole question and then tell you what happened. He said to the, uh, he was going to say, Your Honor, is this a common law court, a court of equity law, or a court of admiralty law? Those are the only three types of courts in the world. So the judge Here's, I'll, I'll repeat it now and tell you what happened. So here's what he did say. He starts, starts out by saying, is this a common law court? And the judge, according to my friend, took the gavel and banged it down angrily on his desk, or whatever that thing is called. Bang! Case dismissed. Don't you ever come back to my court, Mr. Jones. And Mr. Jones walked out the door. No ticket. Why? Are you still there? Yes, sir. Okay, very good. I heard this, uh, it sounded like silence. Yeah. <laughs> it sounded like silence. I thought you might have heard hard. the baby crying or something. I <laughs> 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 got a baby upstairs crying. Uh, well, not crying, but making noise. So I was like, man. But anyway, that's good. That's good news. You don't hear you know, it. The judge, the judge got, got, cried because yeah. the judge had just... Now, notice here. The judge had an expert witness there. Uh-huh certified by the, the court as an expert in traffic laws and, and violations. So all he's got to do is call the policeman. Uh, where were you at uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon while well, I was going north on Jones and or, uh, Johnson Street, and I noticed the defendant in his uh, uh, 1997 uh, Volkswagen, whatever it was, make a right-hand turn from uh, Johnson to uh, Smith Street, and I stopped him, and so it, it's over. The case is over. What are you going to do? Are you right or I wasn't me? <laughs> it wasn't my car. He's got your driver's license. He's got the license on number on your car. The state, the records in the computer will say it was you. Yeah. Well, how do you do? No. He yeah. dismissed the charges. Why? He didn't want to give, he had to give silent judicial notice of the fact that he had not, that he had, uh, the, it was not a case of the Constitution or the state laws of the Arizona, of Arizona. It was a matter of this wasn't a common law court. Because if he had said it was a common law court, then Mr. Jones would say, Your Honor, okay, thank you very much for your answer. I would like now for you to bring the the uh, guilty, the, the uh, injured party 
into the courtroom so I can question him to make sure that I did it and see if he's a reasonable man and if he's uh, telling the truth and I can question him. That's called an arraignment, and you can talk to the injured party. Well, there's no injured party. Who's injured? Notice he didn't run, my friend Mr. Jones, didn't run over some kids in the uh, crosswalk or knock a child over with a bicycle or run into a bunch of nuns or a guy with a white cane or knocked over a sign or ran into a bus or something. He didn't do just made an illegal right-hand turn. Yeah. So notice he got away with that because the judge, all the way down in the traffic court in Eloy, Arizona, knew that the story by Howard Freeman was right. It was true because the Supreme Court had overturned the Constitution. It's null and void. Now, let me give you further evidence of that. As I told you, Obama was not born in the United States. If you don't believe me, if you want verification of that, go to the Internet. Michelle Obama, twice, you can watch her say it. Number one, he said he's a Kenyan. And the number second time we went to Africa to his... his, uh, 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 native land, I think that's exactly, I mean in Kenya. Michelle admitted it twice, and Barack yeah. Obama admitted he was not born in, in America, he was born in Kenya. Now, wait a minute, if that's the case, then we don't have a president, and the Supreme Court should nullify the election of Barack Obama. Yeah. But they're not going to. Why? Mm. They don't want us to know that the Constitution's null and void. They're yeah. taking silent judicial notice of that fact. Now, yeah. I've been able to talk to Phil Berg, the number one uh, guy charging the Supreme Court with this uh, this task. And uh, both times, he, uh, just last time was about a year ago, I said to him, Mr. Berg, you still don't have an answer. He said, no, I don't. I said, Mr. Berg, I'll repeat it for the second time. You're not ever going to get an answer. Now, it's been over two years. Barack was Obama was inaugurated in the year 2009, I think February or January. That's now passed. So it's over two years ago, and the Supreme Court still hasn't given an answer. Why? Why? We don't have a president. Not constitution, but we don't have a constitution. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't <laughs> matter. And the Supreme Court knows that. Well, <laughs> this well, is called the, America's the, secret destiny. Well, the the thing is, is 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 nine uh, eleven. Um, they already had the Patriot Act already created before nine eleven even happened. But um, when 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 the president has, uh, which I have a feeling Obama's going to have one, a um, terrorist attack or something that happens to the United States, he's already had the powers without it even uh, transpiring, without even That's a terrorist correct. attack happening. He's already has the powers. Um, the president is kind of, it's, the position is kind of weird because you have this individual who claims to not have the power to do anything other than uh, bargain uh, with Capitol Hill. But the minute a terrorist attack happens, this guy usurps powers that are beyond our imagination. I mean, the, the federal, what they call the Federal Emergency Act goes into play and he takes control of almost any entity. That you can think of. I mean, the actually, actuality, this the president will become a, a, not only a shipping distributor, but the controller thereof of everything that is shipped. I mean, this guy is. I mean, he's a king. I know. Well, understand. He knows, like you and I do not know. Now you do know. He's got total power. Yeah. 
the only time Congress can act against him is to show that he's not under the Uniform Commercial Code, and they're not going to do that. It's all part of a conspiracy called the America's Secret Destiny. I'm urging your listeners, please, go watch the four-hour DVD. Give me four hours. And if I'm wrong, I'll refund your money. You didn't pay anything, but I'll refund your money. <laughs> so go watch the video. It's a DVD. America's Secret Destiny. Watch it. Tell me where I'm wrong, but be open. Understand, this is very, very important because we've got to get back into the constitutional matter and have one again, and we've got to get the Supreme Court to declare the decision made in 1938 to be null and void. So we need a president who knows this and put a stop to this nonsense. Yeah. Wow. Barack Obama is not our president. Wow. It's that simple. Yes, he is our president because the Constitution's gone. It doesn't matter. But they're not going to tell us this. We got him trapped. They can't tell us the Constitution's null and void, so they got to make it sound like it's constitutional. And how do you do that? He's not natural born. The birth certificate that he's is needed is on the Internet. You can see it with your own eyes. I yeah. was... Kenya is Barack Obama, something Hussein Obama the second I think it's called born in some uh, uh, in Mombasa Kenya in some uh, hospital. Yeah. That means he was born in Kenya, therefore he's not eligible to the Constitution. But it doesn't matter. There's no Constitution. <laughs> wow. Now, you mentioned the 9/11 thing. Let's talk about that a little bit. Okay. I want to go back to World War One. Because they're all connected. World War One is connected to World War Two, which is connected to Vietnam, which is connected to 9/11. Let me show yeah. you how. In 1916, or maybe a year or two before that, our government conspired with England to sink the Lusitania, which was a yeah. big, huge ocean-going liner. Yeah. Now the Lusitania was in New York, and was going to go back to England when England was at war with Germany. So the German government put a little ad in the newspaper. I've got a copy of it in my video, and you can see it. They said, please, this is a ship of war. Why? Well, they didn't say that, but but we later found out that England, the government, and Cunard Lines uh, joined in a 50-50 partnership where they would build a ship, but England had the right uh, on a war time to get control of the ship, and they would no longer be used to haul passengers paying yeah. passengers, but all soldiers. Uh-huh. So the ship was going to go back to England and be used in the war. Wow. But uh, So now, the German government said, don't board it because it's a ship of war going into a theater of war. Yeah. So the Woodrow Wilson, the president, said, no, it's not true. It's a love boat. Go and enjoy yourself. And 123 Americans got on board. <laughs> And the ship was sunk by our actions of our own government. And by the way, this is all detailed, documented, showing you pictures, everything you need to know that it's real. So we wanted to get into World War One. So we staged a fake event called the sinking of the Lusitania. Now, oh, that dirty Germans, look what they did to these people on the love, <laughs> the love boat. Uh, they sunk it and killed them. So that we had to go to war. Okay, so we go to war. Now we had to go to, we wanted to create, they created the League of Nations and Woodrow Wilson signed the treaty, but the Senate wouldn't ratify it. Wait a minute. Don't you guys understand? We need a world government called the League of Nations. 
and it was going to be, and Woodrow Wilson, I believe, was offered the presidency of the world government. So they said, no, no we're not going to do this. And it said, no, we're not going to do that. So they said, okay, we better have a second world war. And it was planned to have the Japanese attack us at Pearl Harbor. Now, yeah. you don't believe that? Go to my website, and the first thing you'll see, there's a couple of little paragraphs before you there, is a copy of the Hilo Hawaii newspaper for the Sunday before the Sunday attack next Sunday on December the 7th, 1941. And the headline reads in the newspaper on the Sunday, November 30th, Japan may strike this weekend. Well, wait a minute. How come the newspaper knew but Roosevelt didn't? How come? Because the American people didn't want the war. Roosevelt kept kept promising us there'd be no war. But our government wanted a war. So we had the Japanese. We forced Japan to attack us at Pearl Harbor. And then we could call it a day of infamy and go to war World War II. And only 53 million people died in that one. But we needed the United Nations, you see, formed after the World War II. Yeah. Now, Vietnam is another war we had to have. Very important. I cover have a video on my website called Vietnam, America's Betrayal and Treason. You'll see why we planned the war. America planned the war in 1945, 19 years before it started. Wait, huh, what? Our government planned the war? Yes, proof. Yes, I got the proof. Now, why did they have the Gulf of Tonkin was the event that caused the war. So uh, some patrol boats uh, attacked some destroyers out in the ocean, uh, and they were out beyond the, um, uh, uh, what they call the legal, legal limit or shoreline, where it's called. So they were in neutral waters where any, any ship can float, and so they attacked, and so we had to go to war and get those dirty uh, North Koreans who... Uh, North Vietnamese who decided to attack our destroy, but but the event didn't happen. It, it it didn't it didn't happen. You want proof of that? Uh, look up Robert McNamara, and there you'll find now. Years later, he's having a little time with some difficulty with this, so he's going to tell the truth, and he says it never happened. It never. But why do we have to have a war in Vietnam? So. Our government had to fake another incident like Pearl Harbor and the sinking of Lusitania to get us into uh, uh, Vietnam for nine, seven years. Now, so now we needed a war in Iraq and Afghanistan. How are we going to do that? I know what we'll do. Let's stage the 9-11 event and blame it on the Arabs. And if we can do that, we can go to war with the Arabian nations of Iraq and Afghanistan. So our government staged the 9-11 attack. Oh, I don't believe that, Ralph. Of course we don't believe Do you think they're going to admit it? Oh, guys, listen, we needed to have a war in Vietnam, in, uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan, so please let us uh, blow up the uh, two Twin Towers. The whole thing was staged. And if you don't believe that, do yourself and your country a favor and go to the Internet and start looking at the hundreds of videos that have been produced to prove it was an inside job. Our government did that, just like they sunk the Lusitania, just like they forced Japan into attacking us, just like they blew it and they used an event that didn't happen to get us into the war, of, uh, the Vietnamese War, just like they got us into Afghanistan and Iraq because of an event that didn't happen. Huh? I mean, it did happen, rather, but they did it. The evidence is overwhelming. I don't care what the people on the TV say, watch it yourself. You'll see the evidence. Why? Because we've got to have a war. It's a, it's a fun thing to have wars. We love wars because we, we can run up a big defense and a big, huge, big budget and have deficit spending and kill people and, uh, 
and uh, people can make a lot of money and profits on it. And boy, it's great. We need war. Yeah, we do. We need war. Hmm. Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah, they like We're great being problems. con because <laughs> yeah. what's that? They say, yeah, you're right. <laughs> here's the here's the reason. There is a conspiracy. Oh, I don't believe that, Ralph. Of course you don't believe that. I didn't believe it either until I spent 50 years of my life researching it. I've documented it in four books. Go to my website and browse and see there's a wealth of information there. We need to study it. Yeah. And if you think I'm doing this to make money, then you have been looking at my IRS returns. (laughs) (laughs) All I can do is what I can do. I do talk shows as much as I can. Try to be as honest as sounding as if I know what I'm talking about, and you go look it up, and I'll document my charges. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. www.ralph.epperson.com. Go there and browse. Watch America's Secret Destiny. Watch the video called Vietnam, America's Betrayal and Treason. Wow. Our, our government planned that war in at least 1945. I can prove that. And then it didn't happen until 1964, 19 years later. Oh. Yeah, that, that that's... Uh, uh, Something globalists like to do is plan ahead of time. It's just like playing chess. Uh, the uh, Russians did Perestroika, Glasnost, uh, and they're still they're still developing uh, the takeover takeover of the world. Uh, they're still developing that plan. Uh, matter of fact, a guy named uh, Vladimir Zirinovsky wrote a book called A Dash to the South, and it mirrors uh, exactly Ezekiel 38 and 39. Uh, did he read Ezekiel 38 and 39 before it happened? Probably not. But, um, I mean, it's amazing how he describes how they would like to block uh, the African go- uh, mines where the jet plane uh, get their material. Uh, yeah. Americans get their material to build jet planes. So, yeah, the, 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 the uh, conspiracy view of history yeah, it's sometimes joked uh, on in Hollywood, but then again, they turn around and make movies of conspiratorial view yeah. of history. And me, uh, go, ahead. go ahead. Well, let me make go one ahead. last comment since we're running out of time. Uh, Bill Clinton, President Bill Clinton, told us on live national television in 1992, watch it and read it and see it yourself, that there was a conspiracy and that he was part of it. Bill Clinton yeah. admitted that. Yeah, exactly. Uh huh. And I've got a video out for about an hour and ten minutes or so to document that case. Wow. Is there something going on here, ladies and gentlemen? (laughs) I'm suggesting to you, you need to get busy. Start reading and studying and figuring it out. And then we've got to stop it. Yes, sir. That is so true. That is so true. Well, thank you so much, um, Mr. Epson, for coming on. Uh, and like I said, I apologize for the mix-up that we had. But uh, it was a great great to have you on the show. Um, and uh, we, we'd love to get you on in a couple of weeks to, to do it again. I'll be happy to do whatever I can, Phil. Thank you very much. God bless. And thank your listeners for listening. Yes, sir. God bless. God bless. Thank you. Okay, um, that was Ralph Epperson, um, awesome um, author. I got his book a while back when I was in Estacada, Oregon. That was almost, oh man, more than 10 years ago. 
and I, I would read his book, and uh, that's when I actually started finding out about conspiratorial view. But actually, I, I had a uh, run-in with a taxi cab driver way back in two, uh, 1990, and um, that was my drinking days, and I, I guess I was headed to the movies, as I can recall, and I uh, got in the car, I uh, got in the taxi, started headed towards the movies, and the taxi cab driver kept, started running his mouth about the secret societies and stuff, and me being intoxicated and a young man, I was like, why don't you just put some shut up in your mouth and just be quiet. But I uh, ended up remembering that conversation to this day. And look what I'm doing. I'm talking to thousands for right now. And God prohibited millions about uh, these same conspiratorial views that he uh, was talking about at that time. But uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back on. And I'm, I'm probably going to end the show, but we'll be right back. What you just heard was an actual recording of my daughter's heartbeat within my womb. And ever since my husband Jeff saw our moving, active, vibrant daughter by way of live ultrasound image and heard her precious heartbeat within the womb, he's been horrified that we as a society legally kill our children at this stage of life. As a society, we legally kill our children. This is the greatest human rights issue of our day. To join in the conversation, Fridays, 9 to 11, visit WeKillChildren.org and find the show. That's WeKillChildren.org. Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. You're listening to the prosperous now we don't go blowing up people and killing our enemies because God never told us to do so, but we're literalists in our interpretation of what the Bible says. We believe it verbatim, we believe it verse by verse, chapter by chapter, and we live accordingly. So why is that so hard to believe that Muslims would do the same because the Quran puts no limitations on the violence and the war against those who stand opposed to Islam, where the, the Bible and the New Testament, especially in grace under which we live, Jesus never mandates that we do such a thing. So, you know, they're literalists and we are literalists. Theirs causes them to be violent. Rapture Ready Radio, live on Tuesday and Saturday, and the BB Report live on Thursday. Visit www.raptureadyradio.com for more show information. Okay, uh, those are on Justin TV, that little thing I showed, uh, GM, GMG, whatever uh, emblem, was just uh, me testing the graphics to see how they look. Uh, it says common. So it says common ministry. It's supposed to say common salvation, but I was just testing the graphics and see how they look on uh, Justin TV. So uh, don't take that seriously. Uh, I will be doing that again, re-rendering that. Uh, I got a software program I have to re-render. It takes a long time to re-render it. That's why I got around to it. But uh, it looks nice, doesn't it? Um, but anyway, uh I'd like to thank that individual, two individuals who came on the Justin TV. 
now, uh, on Blog Talk Radio, I started off at 300. Now we're at 7,000, 8,000 listens a month. So God is doing something. Uh, I, I take it Justin TV probably end up being thousands of people, too, uh, in, in probably a year from here, the Lord wills. Um, and uh, also, uh, Ultimate TV, we're at 10,000 just for one video, so 10,000 views. So who knows where we'll be at in a year from here. And that's exactly what I said about um, uh, Blog Talk Radio. Who knows where we'll be at uh, from here. We might be at 30,000 listens a month, uh, probably in a couple months from here. Who knows? So um, I know i got to clean up my studio because it looks like a mess. And uh, I will be getting on that pretty soon. i got a lot of new toys that I have to play with. Um, me and my wife, uh, we just got a printer. Believe it or not, uh uh, a printer's coming handy. You just got to learn how to use a printer. You just can't just start printing stuff. It don't work like that. You end up using too much of the ink cartridge. So. But as if you guys really care. Uh, so uh, so we're going to have uh, uh, next week uh, Susan Pozio on and um, possibly some of my other co-hosts. And then after that, starting in March, we're going to get busy with some great folks, uh, people coming on. Uh, talking about end time prophecy, talking about evangelism, talking about discipleship, um, talking about how to live this Christian life. We're also going to have a show called Common Salvation Ministries on uh, Ustream, trying to get people um, to uh, uh, understand uh, what our mission is. And everybody's mission is to evangelize the world. Don't don't let somebody tell you that uh, there's such things as shy Christians. Uh, there is no such thing as a shy Christian. You're either ashamed of the gospel or you're not. Uh, you either want to preach the gospel because you get excited for Jesus, uh, just like you would get excited for yourself getting a degree and and whatever you're going to get the degree in. A lot of people believe that uh, Christianity is a secondary issue or a third issue or fourth issue in their life, and their life they're the rulers of their own world. Uh, when Jesus is fifth, now don't trick yourself to make this, because I've done it before in the past. Don't trick yourself to think that God is Lord over your life when he's secondary. If, God, if, if this is how you tell a true Christian, you can't keep your mouth shut about Jesus. You say, well, now that doesn't, that's not 100%, because then you can have a cult or even some slippery Christian who believe that they're 100% or 20% or 30%, you know, um, you know, doing what God says, but 60% uh, not, that's not a true Christian, okay? Because you can blab your mouth thinking you're a true Christian and you're only doing 30% of what God's telling you. I've been there before myself. So um, there's a lot. There, the road to heaven is paved with many good intentions. Uh, people tend to get to heaven by various roads, and they make their own roads up. Instead of reading the Bible, pick the Bible up and say, how do you want me to treat other people? How do you want me to spend my money? How do you want me to, um, you know, me and my wife to get along? A lot of these things for myself um, uh, is, is has to come from the Bible. And I'm 42 years old. Uh, and I'm just finding this out. So it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. 
uh, it does take a rocket scientist to figure out that we need to put God first in our lives. And a lot, a lot of times our own um, friends and family can tell if you're doing that or not. Um, and it, 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 it's a hard world. When, you, when you're out there in the world, there's a lot of things pulling on your pulling on you to um, confirm to it. So the world wants you to confirm to it. Even in the conversation at work, the world wants you to confirm to it. So, for instance, if you are in the world and you're talking about the Super Bowl, will you go to hell watch the Super Bowl? No, because there will be a lot of Christians going. That's not my point. My point is, is that the world is pulling on you from many directions. And the world wants you to confirm to it, rather for you to, to for confirm the world to to Christianity. And I, I'm I'm learning right now. I'm I'm like this. I'm I'm to a position right now that I'm being converted again. You say, what do you mean? I'm really being literally converted again. You know, I'm not saying born born again, again, again. I'm saying I'm realizing that I was still in darkness. Because the Bible says if you if you claim to be a Christian and live in darkness, you deceive yourself and the truth is not in you. Now, it's not like I'm, my mind is somewhere venturing out. or Because uh, the Bible says that sin begins in the heart. You don't have to do an act. I don't have to go out and kill somebody uh, and, 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 and do that act. I can just hate somebody so much. And I can sit right in my lazy boy chair, hate somebody so much. Jesus says if you're even mad at your brother or your enemy uh, without a cause. You, now, notice he said without a cause. He didn't say. Now, people think that Christians aren't supposed to get mad at anything. That, that's not what it says. He says without a cause. You are in danger of hellfire, man. You're in danger of going to hell. What about looking at a woman? How many guys look at women, even when they marry? Now, God is far. God is in a position right now. How many ladies? Let's ladies look at a, another guy, and, and and when they marry. But here's the deal. That's how scared. That's how it is. Easy it is to be living a sinful life. So when somebody can walk up to you and say, "I'm a Christian," oh, you are okay. Tell me more. Um, well, I'm we got a lot of um misfaults and God you know, and God is helping me. Yeah, that's true, that God is helping us, but God does not want us to practice living in sin. He wants us to be victorious. See, a lot of Christians got this uh, uh flipped upside down. We think that God wants us to um live a crippled life. It's like a football player. What kind of coach would you look at when he says, well, I got an injured wide receiver? Well, that's your number one wide receiver. Yeah, he's crippled. I like it that way. Oh, uh, I pat him on the back and say, oh, man. I tell you this. If you got an injured wide receiver who stays injured, they will cut him. So God does not, God does not want us to practice being a limp-leg Christian. Always wounded, always battling with pornography, always battling with what you need to. The Bible is a, is a victorious book. It is not a conquered book. It's not a book where uh, you're conquered. It's a, it's a book where we're more than conquerors. It's not a book where God does not correct us and say, okay, go sin no more. 
remember he said to the lady, to the to the uh, Mary Magdalene at the time. People, many historians say that's Mary Magdalene, the lady that was caught, um, that had many husbands, and the guys, all the men came around her and said, she sins. What are you going to do about this lady who's committing adultery? He says, he bends down, writes in the sand, and he gets up and says, he says, uh, uh, he who has no sin cast the first stone. Everybody walked away. Well, what did he tell her? Go and limp, Okay. Go ahead and just struggle with more marriage problems and, you know, sleep with other men and, and I will forgive you every time. No, he didn't say that. He says, lady, I forgive you. Go sin no more. It's a lifestyle change, folks. We can't remain the same. Uh, and and I've, I've come to a climactic part in my life where I'm saying, man, am I mirroring Christianity it's not that I'm going to go. I'm not tomorrow. I'm not going to try no harder than I am today. You know why? Because God works in me. It's going to be God working out salvation in me. I, I'm not going to be able to do it. It's impossible. I cannot live the Christian life uh, without God's help. Uh, I, it's, it's going to be literally impossible. And a lot of people think that we can we can live our lives for God without God. God is not a little God, neither is he a sugar daddy. Uh, but God loves us uh, enough to not leave us the same. Uh, we can't be like the world. Uh, I struggle to even watch American Idol, folks. I mean, it's not that I'm perfect. I, I hate, I don't know, the Holy Spirit is in me, so I got kind of get sick of watching some stuff that I watch. You know, even now, I, watch, I love King of Queens, man. I, I love King of Queens, but... I sort of get to a position where these guys are foul. <laughs> it's not even like I'm not better than they are. I mean, I, 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 I've backslidden uh, a few times in my Christian time, but it's to a point now the Holy Spirit, is either it's the Holy Spirit living in me or I can't come up with a reason why. I just, I even realize when I'm watching too much football, and I love some football. I can, I can watch football from sun up to sundown. I couldn't even watch college basketball. Don't force my hand. I will do it. You know, don't don't make me do it. <laughs> I would do it. You know, but uh, I see my flaws. The first thing I do is look in the mirror. Even in my family, I have to look in the mirror. I can't. Uh, it's almost impossible for me to blame anybody um, for my faults. If I if I'm at if I'm at school and I fought. My teacher, or if I'm at work, or I'm at fault, I have to look in the mirror myself, folks. I, I can't look at nobody else. Um, I'm 42 years old um, tomorrow, actually, and uh, you know, I, I, you cannot look at any, you cannot blame anybody for anything you do. I mean, it's it's, it's impossible unless you had a father that molested you, or or you had a uh, you, uh, you had maybe a boss that fired you for no reason. Yeah, there's going to be bitterness. You're going to have bitterness, but get over it. I mean, you're going to have to sooner or later get over that stuff, even a death in the family. That's hard, especially the death of a child. I just think of the think of my one of my kids, one of my five kids dying. I would not get over it for a while, but I'm going to have to eventually get over it. And it's going to be hard to, to get over that. Anyway, running my mouth must be sleepy. Um... God bless everybody out there. I, like I said, I apologize for Justin TV people. Um, and uh, I'm pretty sure, like I say, uh, 
I'll get over these technical difficulties in the future. And um, uh, we're going to build a studio sometime in the near future in the garage where it's going to be lights and pretty and beautiful and, and actually I'm going to lose weight. So it's going to be like a fat man in a little car, if a fat man on stage, if I don't lose weight. <laughs> and anybody out there overweight, don't take this personal. I mean, I'm talking about myself before I talk about anybody else. So we're going to take one more break, come back, and then we're going to fly off the channel. Uh, oh, so we'll be right back. Stay tuned. Connecting the dots and showing you why we are more vulnerable than ever. Greetings, fellow Americans. This is David Robertson inviting you to come be a part of an American Warning Radio, Monday through Friday, 1 to 3 p.m. Central. You've seen the pieces. Now, come see the bigger picture, an American Warning Radio, with your host, David Robertson, on this and many other networks that value liberty. All they're getting is mainstream media stuff. That's all they're getting, including Fox News. The American Warning Program with David Robertson, uh, just a great show. Uh, all kidding aside, the, the numbers are really going, starting to go up on that program, and I think once people realize that that's on now live Monday through Friday, 1 o'clock to 3 o'clock on this very station, you're going to be tuning in a lot more. That guy makes a lot of sense, and he's really good at what he does. Warning. Warning. This habit forming. This habit forming. Use the truth carefully. Get more information at anamericanwarning.com. That's A-N-AmericanWarning.com. lays out our future, and host Phil Armstrong examines what the scripture tells of his coming every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. What is the New World Order? The people who are talking about the New World Order, Bible prophecy, may be in danger. What do you need to be rapture ready? I believe that the Bible interprets the Bible, and we have to stick with the Bible. How much time is left? See more at theprophecyzone.com and youtube.com slash prophecyzone. Hear more here on Blog Talk Radio every Thursday and Sunday at 7 on The Prophecy Zone. Who is the Antichrist? I believe the Antichrist will not be known until the tribulation period starts. This is The Prophecy Zone. Be sure to check us out on every Sunday at 7 o'clock uh, as we welcome prolific uh, host across the country and across the world as we talk about end-time prophecy and also secular um, uh, news that pertain to end-time prophecy. Also, check out Susan Fozio on Mondays as she talks about, uh, to uh, different of her uh, guests. She talks to people about um, uh, different um, false prophets and, and, and all that yin-yang going on in, in the church world and 
and check out um, uh, Brenda Johnson on Tuesdays and also um, Christina Week on Wednesdays and we're going to be getting more hosts so if you guys know any hosts that can come on and, and do a fine job talking about Bible prophecies just let me know and um, we go from there but God bless everybody out there uh, uh, we will be talking to y'all um, on um, Sunday night um, so God bless y'all and y'all have a wonderful day Okay, those who are um, Block Talk Radio, I'll see y'all on the other side. God bless. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.